0: This is a throwback episode to our interview with Shannon Amberg, who is a Reiki master uh, working out of Cooley Health with Dr. Kyle. Um, this was definitely a stretch episode for me, um, being very sciencey and grounded and not into many of those things. Uh, but it was really interesting, and this also followed up with a couple reiki sessions which were fairly unique and a really good experience otherwise Uh, but shannon's awesome Uh, comes from a very interesting background in academia to get to doing um you know getting into reiki and doing all this stuff and becoming a master and everything that went into that so super interesting episode kind of stretches everything in terms of where you think um you are in the world and how that works and so really hope you enjoy this one. Uh, Got a lot of things in the pipeline coming up through the rest of December to really hit something new um, and exciting come January. So we're looking forward to that and hope everybody keeps listening and stays tuned as we keep replaying some of our top hits. And without further ado, enjoy this replay.
1: Sweet. Sounds good. Well, we are here with Shannon Amberg, who has a PhD, and um, we are talking about Reiki and energy work. And uh, I guess we're just going to jump right into it and start off, Shannon, if you could just give us a little bit of background about yourself. I know you've kind of had maybe a non-traditional path into Reiki, or I don't know what a traditional path well be, but it's, it's, it's just, I know you've, the backstory yeah, would be really interesting. <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> it's a long and winding road, but it's interesting nonetheless. Um, I am uh, an academic by training, spent a lot of time in school. I have a doctorate in natural resources. Um, my undergrad and my master's work is in environmental geography and conservation biology, so I'm trained as an ecologist. Um with a lot of wildlife and fisheries background and um, all kinds of biology. So, yeah, when people meet me and (laughs) and I tell them I do energy work, they're like, what? (laughs) Because I used to be a college professor, too. I spent about 10 years teaching in academia as well. Um, I'm trained as a scientist. And so the scientific mind, the skeptical mind, um, that's definitely there. It's how I'm trained. Um, My doctorate, though, I studied a lot of psychology and social psychology, and I was really interested in the human brain and how we make decisions, and so a lot of the research that I did at the doctorate level had to do with how people are presented with information and the way they use it. And um, about the same time as when I really started to uh, work with my own intuitive abilities again, I've, I've been intuitive since I was a small child, but it kind of got turned off um, was when I was growing up. And if it's not nurtured, it kind of goes to sleep. Um, but I was always that person that people would seek out to talk to and tell them their problems, and, um, or they would tell me their problems and want advice. And um, I always felt like what I was telling them was what they needed to hear because, um, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I was actually reading their energy and understanding or tuning into what they needed to understand about themselves and so i just gave voice to um, what it was that they needed and so yeah people would just seek me out all the time to ask me for my advice and so i always wondered like what is this about and um, so in my journey through academia it happened with students all the time too and um, always students coming to seek me out for career advice or just because they knew I would listen and um, and so it became a habit people would find me and um, not just for what I could teach them about natural resources in the environment but also um, how to live life and seek happiness and feel balanced so um, that was very interesting and I finally realized like um, The whole metaphysical world and energy was something that was really calling to me and I had been avoiding it for a long time. And teaching in academia, while it's fulfilling in a lot of ways, it was also exhausting because I wasn't doing what I needed to do to help people the way um, I feel like I'm meant to at this part of my life. So um, it has been a long and winding road. I had to make a hard decision to leave academia. or two small children, and I wasn't spending enough time with them. And the day that I sent in my resignation letter, I got an offer to learn um, Reiki energy healing, which is a modality of energy work that I had been trying to learn for the last seven years, and everybody would turn me down. Really? Well, I didn't have space in my life for it, and I realized that, right? So the day after I turned in my resignation, was when the universe said hey you can do this now and um, so I did and it just opened everything up for me uh, much further and um, it just changed everything in terms of how I view life and how I move through life and how I help people and um, yeah so we can get into that as we talk but sweet yes long and winding road but it's (laughs) definitely worth it
1: yeah well, you seem very happy. I didn't know you beforehand, but mm-hmm. it seems like you've definitely found your calling. Mhm. <laughs> yep. So, you are a master level Reiki practitioner. Mm-hmm. And could you explain to us what that is and then i guess with that what is reiki and energy healing in general
2: yeah so just first and foremost reiki is just a one form of energy healing it's a modality for balancing the energy body which um, most people don't really realize it but we're more than just this physical body we have energy that moves through us that animates us that moves around us and that's how we interact with most everything that we come in contact with is through our energy first and then our physical bodies. So, um, and I can explain more as we move through examples, but Reiki is um, one form of working with the energy body and it's Japanese in origin and um, Reiki quite literally means universal life force energy. So if you think about what makes you tick. Right? What makes you feel things? What makes you live life? What makes you conscious? It's your universal life force energy, and um, reiki specifically is just a way of bringing through energy that comes from the beginning of everything. So the source. We're getting philosophical here. (laughs) The source of all. Right. And it's a very light, pure, unconditional love type of energy. So people feel really good after they have a session and what it does is it comes through a practitioner and into the client and it goes exactly to where they need it and it helps to um, bring lightness and peace and calm to their body so it's really good for reducing stress um, and helping people just calm down and um, as humans and we're energy bodies um, we move through life and we pick up a lot of negativity that weighs us down and get things get stuck to us and that's really interesting to be able to see it. Um, if you're intuitive or psychic, you can see that stuck to people. Um, and what Reiki does is it goes into the body and it breaks that all loose and it kind of washes it away it's like it, it's like an energy oil change is what I describe mm. it as. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> yep. And and we all need that, right? Um, we come from a place that's very pure and light. Um, we're born into our physical bodies as humans, and then we got to do this human thing that's very dense, right? So then in the process, we, our energy gets a little weighed down and muddied. So we need to figure out ways to balance that. Um, energy work is a way to do that, and Reiki is one form. And so being a practitioner, there are different levels that you go through. It's just like training, and really what it is, it's a series of intense meditations that you go through over a period of Months and years um, as you go through different levels, and it's like you just get your switch flipped on. Everybody has the capability to channel healing energy, you don't have to be special to do it. In fact, I'm gonna ask you guys what is the very first thing that you do when you injure yourself?
1: Probably grab it or hold it, rub it. You put your hands on it.
2: So instinctively, we know. An explicitive might come out first. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a release of energy too, right? (laughs) That can be very healing. There's science on that, right? There you go. Um, The very first thing that we do is we put our hands on it, right? What do our kids ask us to do when they get hurt? They ask us to kiss, kiss their wound or kiss their owie. Um, it's because as humans, we know instinctively that we have the ability to channel healing energy and we do it through our hands. We do it body to body. Like people can be standing in a room with a Reiki practitioner and they don't even have to be touching. They'll feel the energy come to them as they need it. So walking through the grocery store is a very interesting experience as a Reiki practitioner. I can't even imagine. (laughs) So it's, um, so you go through these different levels of training and it's just, um, you just get in more depth into learning how to work with the energy. And really, like most importantly, it's how the energy matures in your body and how you um, intuitively know how to work with it. Um, While across the board, the training and the initiation into Reiki practitioner, as a Reiki practitioner is the same, how one uses it is very individual. So when it comes into your body and you start using it, so many things open up for you as, as one person that no, no two Reiki practitioners are gonna practice the same way, mm-hmm. but the principles are the same. So I've, I'm a master in two different forms at this point. Okay. Yeah. So,
1: and that's what the, um, th- Us- these two different forms yeah. are here.
2: Usui Tibetan, um, and which is the holy fire tradition now, um, and then um, Karuna Reiki, which is a, a little bit different. It's the Reiki of compassion. It's very, very powerful. Yeah, so we have a set of symbols that we use in different traditions and each of those symbols um, They just they channel the energy in a different way um, so we have symbols for like increasing power or strength or um, we have one that's like a spiritual anesthetic. So it, it reduces pain um, we have one for healing like um, genetic tissue and um, Emotional damage at the genetic level. There's I mean, it's really rad you guys. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome Yeah, it's cool stuff.
1: So, I've had Reiki sessions, but uh, could you tell us, and I'm long overdue, uh, what happens... You are overdue. (laughs) (laughs) What happens during an energy healing session? Because that was also my question. You, like, referred to it as a...
2: Energy oil change? Yes. Yes.
1: Um,
0: Is it something, like, it's almost set up like that, like, you go in for your quarterly one, or obviously might be more frequent if you're trying to
2: specifically deal
0: with a certain thing. Yeah. So a whole set of follow-up questions on that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's a great start to it. Um, Personally, I mean, as a practitioner and I'm very energy sensitive, I get work done on myself um, twice a month, if not more, like if I'm going through something pretty big, um, then I, then I, I know when I need it, but I try to be very um, uh, regular in how much I get work done. Um, I have people that come see me once a month, um, once every few months, uh, if people that come see me twice a year, right? I would argue that if you really want to be working, uh, well with your own energy, that you would try to balance it, um, pretty, pretty often. Okay. Um, uh, but I never, like, pressure people to do that. I tell them to listen to their body because you know when you don't feel well. And it, and you know if it lasts for more than a few days at a time that something's going on. Mm-hmm. So, and usually there is, right? Usually you're not plugged into the earth or you're, you know, not plugged into the higher realms. And that causes you to be off kilter. But you had asked the question, um, what is it like to have a typical session? And... Um, You know people come in it's like you're going to go in for a massage but you you're fully clothed and you lay on a massage table and face up and um we talk about what your concerns are what are you struggling with and and i need to to point out too that reiki it's not just a physical health thing this is um this is universal life force energy that helps to heal um or or Puts your body in a, a position, or your energy body in a place of ease, so that you can heal at the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual levels. So I have people that come to see me for chronic pain. Your grandmother is yeah, the person yeah. that comes, <laughs> um, and uh, and then I have people who come to see me who are really struggling mentally or emotionally with conditions. Um, or just feeling really stuck in life. And I also have people who come to see me who are like, they're on a spiritual quest, right? They're, they're seeking answers. And what Reiki does is it clears away all the BS basically. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to be in a space for a little while and, um, have access to clarity. Um, so I always encourage clients to journal after their sessions because you're in this sweet spot of like clear energy and you have a lot that can come to you in that process. Um, so we talk about those kind of things. So what's bothering you? Why do you feel like you need Reiki? And then um, they lay down. You know, I take note of, of what I need to understand about their physical health, their mental, emotional, and their spiritual health. And then um, we have a I have a ritual that I go through, which is really like a prayer, right? So guide me in doing this work, and I access the energy, um, and I can feel it when it when I'm plugged into it because my body will heat up and my hands will start to get warm and you can feel the energy coming out of the hands like a, uh, it feels like warm caramel, like kind of oozing out of the hands (laughs) or sometimes it's like the air from a hairdryer. And then I just work my way down someone's body, light touches. Um, We have these traditional hand positions that we use, you know, the head, the shoulders, the hands, um, the hips, the knees, the feet. Um, But most of the time my hands are just hovering over the body And I'm guided or I just follow my intuition on where I need to go um, on the body and I always check the main chakras along the midline so um, if you don't know what a chakra is it's the energy centers that we have in our bodies and we have over 330 of them and these are just junction points in the body where energy um, so energy flows like like rivers of light through our body and they come to these points called chakras or energy centers where it spins and generates and pushes energy further along its path um so they're like uh intersections where if they're blocked up it's like a traffic jam, right? So I check those places to make sure they're open and spinning and they spin either in a clockwise or cl- counterclockwise direction. Um if they're not spinning that's a problem because it means your energy's not flowing where it needs to or how it needs to. So I go down the midline and I check the seven main chakras on the spine because those are huge centers that affect the whole body. Um, chances are if those things have been closed for long enough uh, you'll have physical symptoms pain discomfort illness um, uh, certain chakras are associated with mental disorders or learning disabilities or um, emotional issues that are chronic so um, I feel like I'm going off into the weeds mm-hmm. here though I can mean, I <laughs> talk for hours about this but oh, a typical session right so I check yeah. all of that if something's closed I open it up and we talk um, the client and I talk about why And I focus on the mental and emotional issues because that's intuitively, that's what I see in a body when I'm working on it. Um, I'll be on a body and I'll be able to tune in almost immediately to what they're going on. Why is your heart broken, right? Like what happened to you? Like I'll be able to see that. Or why are you worried? We're so worried about money, you know? Or what happened to you that you have such guilt? Those are the types of things that I see in someone's body. So I tune into the, the emotional aspects. And once we talk about it, that starts the deeper healing process to, you know, allow the Reiki to push, push through things that need to go, but also the physical discussion of it allows people to start to allow their body to let it go too, at an emotional level. I know this is like, was a lot, right? <laughs> no, it's good. Because
0: <laughs> kind of, uh, the follow-up that I had to that is like, so for the patient... Do they have to be like all in and like open to this? No, it
2: works on you. Um, it works on you whether you believe it or not. But most people won't walk through the door if they don't believe on it. And, right, and yeah. that was <laughs> more my curiosity because
0: <laughs> like, I'm op- I like I love hearing about mm-hmm. it, but I'll probably be the first one to be like, I would probably never go and do it, and mm-hmm. then even have that skepticism, that healthy dose of it on the back end, yeah, and just how that would all play out. So uh, just out of curiosity, like,
2: yeah, yep. I'm
0: assuming it probably has more effect if they are. Well, bought in just because then you know, they our, can help.
2: Yeah, our minds on the back end. Our minds and our emotions are very powerful, right? So that can amplify the effects of the healing process. But really, like if we break this down to the physics and quantum physics mm-hmm. level, energy is energy. And, you know, the healing modality is going to do what it needs to do to your energy body because your energy, whether or not you believe it, really isn't going to make a difference. Um, it may it may make your journey through healing slower just because you're limiting yourself and your beliefs about what is necessary for your own healing or what you're ready to confront but the energy will work the way it needs to and it's that's what's magical about it is um people who are the biggest skeptics will be standing next to me and won't understand why they feel so good (laughs) right like they would be in a miserable mood and And 10 minutes later, wow, I feel so good after talking to you. And I'm like, well, I know why, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to tell you why (laughs) (laughs) because you won't believe me. So, um, it works whether you believe it or not. And, um, but it is, it can be more powerful amplified if you are, if you dive into it as as a modality for, um, because it's really commanding your own, your own energy and your spiritual like, um your spiritual right to, you know, as a soul, right? What do you get to do in this life to feel as good as possible so that you can walk your journey? I know philosophical again, Mm. but it's all tied in though. Yeah, it is. So, you know, a whole session, I just work that way. And then clients will, um, it's really amazing because you can feel the energy, uh, and it's fun when clients have never had Reiki before and I'm working on them and they feel their energy moving, so it 'll feel like heat or vibrations or a whooshing sensation or swirling or um, staticky electricity and i won 't even be touching them and um and I could be at their head and they 'll feel it at their feet mm-hmm. A lot of times people will say they feel like they 're melting into the bed and i 'm like yeah that's well that's that's good it's working. <laughs> right so it's fascinating um to see how people experience it, and then Uh, their world just opens up um when they are able to feel their own energy move because it makes it real for them so i mean i feel it all the time but Mm -hmm. um yeah
0: so have you ever had ones that are like extremely difficult where you aren't getting the results because again kind of going back just to a much bigger thing it's like Mm -hmm. everybody's got their thing and in theory if that thing fixed everything that should be the thing and
2: Well, healing is always a process, right? right? And it comes, um, healing happens in layers. So I never go into a session, um, well, first of all, as a Reiki practitioner, anybody working with energy, we're taught, first and foremost, that we're never committed to or tied to or uh, married to any kind of outcome, right? So a client may come in complaining about, well, we'll just use chronic pain as Mm -hmm. an example. Um, And a Reiki practitioner, any energy practitioner in anyone would say, oh, I can fix that for you. I would never do that. I would never say I can fix that for you because I don't know what they chose to experience at the soul level, right? Chronic pain might be something that at the soul level they needed to experience as some type of a struggle. Um, But I can say, you know, we're going to do Reiki and and we may see that it alleviates pain or it helps you come to a place where you feel like you're better able to navigate it, right? Um, most of the time we have relief, right? Mm-hmm. I have had clients where um, um, one client in particular had a specific nerve issue. I can't remember the acronym for it, but um, it's like nerve pain from some kind of injury that's can constant and it doesn't go away. And it's okay. like CPS or something. I can't remember what it's called, but he came to see me twice and his wife made him come to <laughs> see me. So he was a skeptic. And um, and. I thought that I would be able to help him. So it was a learning opportunity for me mm-hmm. too cuz I have had two other clients with the same condition and they had wonderful results with Reiki. I he could like I, Reiki didn't touch his pain at all. He was still miserable and um and what I came to understand is I wasn't his pathway for healing. And emotionally what I saw inside of his body was he didn't deserve he didn't feel like he deserved to feel better.
0: Mm.
2: So and I asked him that, like, do you feel like you you're allowed to feel better, deserve to feel better, you're worthy of health? And he said, absolutely. But everything in his body was telling me that that wasn't the case. So tho- those are interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. So what I have access to intuitively in someone's body, um, figuring out a way to tell them in the in. Um, in the most respectful manner so that they'll understand they may not be ready for the message. Right. Um, so that I would, wouldn't call it a difficult case, but it was one of those situations where I realized I can't fix everybody. It's not my job to fix them. Um, what I can provide is a platform for them to feel better, um, or to get them to a place where they can see their solutions more easily, or they're ready to tackle their healing, um, the way that they need to so I never I never say I'm gonna fix someone I Mm -hmm. say Reiki is gonna help you we're gonna peel back your healing in layers and we're gonna see what comes up Um, I have had a couple of clients where they were such in such a low place that doing Reiki on them because Reiki is a very high vibrational energy it's it's unconditional love energy so it's very light Touching their body actually caused them to retract from me. Their limbs would contort in um, uh, these weird positions, and it's almost like it was—it looked uncomfortable, but it wasn't. But their body was just not—it was so low vibrational that it was—it was so hard for them to take the energy, and it was almost like a short circuit for them. Hmm. I know it's just so bizarre to explain it to you, but if you could see it. Um, And when that happens, I know exactly like, oh, this is, you've been low for a long time. And it's like their body doesn't remember what it feels like to have the higher vibrational energy running through it. So those are people who've had, you know, years of stuff going on, um, you know, chronic mental illness and um, trauma when they were really young that they've never really come to terms with. And, um, and then when we're really low that way, it's hard for us to. That those are harder cases because yeah, sure. you really want to help them, but mm-hmm. um, it takes a long time to get them back up. I know we could really, like, we could go down the rabbit hole, you <laughs> guys. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of rabbit holes.
1: So um, one question that I had is um, with your background and like you said, your, mm-hmm. your scientific, mm-hmm. logically trained mind, mm-hmm. it seems like that's over here and then you've got like the the non-physical side over here and like how do you mesh those
2: um so it's interesting i mean i used to be when i was young i was very intuitive and um and then you know moving through school you're taught like you only believe what you can see right and what you can touch and experience that way um so then that was my reality for a long time. Um, but I, I always, I had this penchant for being able to like see things before they would happen or like just know, have a feeling. And I just chalked it up to being, you know, like definitely not psychic or intuitive, but, um, just like, oh, coincidence or whatever. Um, but when I was working through school, like I'm, I'm good at the science, right? Um, there are people that are far better than me, but, I pay attention to details and um, obviously went through a whole doctorate program in, and proved myself that way, but I was, I'm, I was always still very interested in philosophy and psychology, which is a science, but like, there's a lot going on in the human mind that, um, that is esoteric as well, right? Um, so th- those two pieces have always been there. I think when I, my intuitive abilities started to open up again and I became really interested in the metaphysical and really diving in, um, I had a very hard time trying to allow myself to, um, be fully open to some of the ideas without proof. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I know this is possible, like because some people experience it, but I don't know if I really know that's to be, you know, true for me because I haven't seen it. Right. So um... you know science and academia in terms of like the learning that i did is very much you believe it because somebody's laid out a theory and hypotheses and they've proven it or they've disproven something that it's not right um... so you you have to see it before you can believe it and the other side of the coin is you have to believe it before you're going to see it so i really had to um... train myself to trust everything that i felt and saw intuitively before I had proof that that was actually what was happening. And boy, that was really hard. It took me probably seven years of practicing to just really tune in and allow whatever to come to come. And now it's, it's, I wouldn't say, you know, I feel like I'm pretty accurate, right. When I'm Mm -hmm. able to read people, but I am also human too. And, um, I make mistakes and in where meant to. So, it was a long journey. So it's a really good <laughs> question and um what but it's but it was part of what I wanted to experience as a soul too. Like how do you really trust yourself? How do you get back in touch with your innate sense of knowing? Like when we were evolving as humans, like we had to we had to rely on not just our five senses, but everything else in between, right? Like what's you know, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up for a reason. You have a gut instinct for a reason and science has proven that too. Your mm-hmm. gut talks to you in ways that we're just beginning to understand scientifically. So But all of that is intuition. All of that is your energy body talking to you because it's hypersensitive. Um, So it took a long time. But now I'm finally, say I started my metaphysical journey probably in 2005. I would say in the last two years is now I really feel like, okay, I'm doing this and and I trust what comes in and I don't... There's very few times now where I'm like, oh, am I getting that? Is that accurate? Hmm. It's now I trust it enough. And the more you trust it, the more accurate it becomes because you're you're allowing the universe to speak through you, really. I mean, that's the simplest way I can say it.
1: So do you have ideas of whether science will catch up on the other side of things and be able to yeah like prove it and where do you see that going
2: well oh yeah and it's already starting to catch up so it's really exciting but like i mean if you read anything about quantum physics there's a there's a ton of information out there already that's
0: kevin schultz who recommended a quantum physics Uh, book he's a strength coach down at uw and he talked about it yeah yeah i mean funny how it comes full circle
2: yeah energy is energy right like at the very basic level um so there's a whole field of study that's investigating this kind of stuff and and I was just reading um a compilation article about all these studies done about people like when you walk barefoot what happens like barefoot on the earth what happens mm-hmm. and people have been able to figure out that it's the it's the transfer of the negative ions from the earth to your feet that actually reduces your blood pressure calms you down I talked Irving. about that yeah. before yeah grounding so it is it's grounding yep. and that that like I don't care if you feel like you need to understand physiologically what's happening. Energetically, what's happening is you don't have a barrier between the soles of your feet and the earth, and the earth is one of the primary places that our energy ties down into. Isn't
0: that the theory with like the salt lamps too? Something with negative, negative ions. Bions. Yeah,
2: yep. cleans the air, cleans the, uh, cl- um, neutralizes the energy. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so. Yeah, I can't remember what your original question was, but oh, science science, catching up, yeah, Yeah. it's it's happening. It's really really exciting, and um, you know we already know like string theory tells us there's multiple dimensions, right? And we are just you know what we physically interact with is very limited, but if we open ourselves up to um, what we know scientifically to be possibilities, there's all kinds of stuff happening, right? So read some quantum physics, you'll it'll blow (laughs) your mind. Yeah, we'll we'll
0: link that book up because he said it wasn't terrible to like you could get out of it yeah
2: i have lots of recommendations the one
1: i read was why quantum physicists do not fail i believe and that was just like i believe the tip of the iceberg
2: Mm. and it
1: it was so interesting though it's just mind-blowing but i'm sure
2: yeah the field is just so rabbit holes right (laughs) it's um (coughs) yes i do absolutely believe science is going to catch up and um there's photography that can capture in imagery. It's called Kirlian photography. Uh, it's, a, it's a certain way of um, using photographic technology to actually capture the energy field around people's bodies or food or whatever. Um, so you can see it um, with certain types of technology, and, which is fascinating yeah. too. Yeah, so um, I do fully believe that you know it's going to catch up I mean, it already is. And, sure. and right now there's probably, you know, anyone listening who's energy sensitive is probably saying, duh, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we don't actually need science to catch up because so many people are really aware of it anyway. But um, but it's nice for those people who need proof mm-hmm. before they're going to believe. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you have other questions? No, I think that <laughs> was awesome in terms of just kind of summarizing. I've got some other questions but i think they're too too deep and too big a rabbit holes to get down (laughs) in one episode so i think (laughs) always worth a follow-up yeah Yeah.
2: (laughs) follow-up um well did you so anybody who is looking for more information um what about about what reiki is it's if you google it it's spelled r-e-i-k-i and there are lots of um, good resources. There are several um, official organizations that put out a lot of good information about what Reiki is and how it can benefit somebody. Um, it's just it's like going for a massage, but I don't massage you. I work with your energy and get it flowing again. And um, which is, it's I feel very fortunate to be able to do that for people. It's very fulfilling opportunity um for me each time I work on someone so you can go on the interwebs and look up (laughs) some information Mm -hmm. and then um maybe what I could do is put together a book list that you guys can put in your your little podcast episode description in case people are interested but
1: yeah I know you've always got recommendations (laughs) yeah I'm always shoving (laughs) books (laughs) at you um
2: it's just I mean once you once you open up to the idea it's like you can't you can't go back, right? Like it, um, some people can, but for me, it's like, once you know, you can't unknow it. And it's like, oh my God, this stuff makes so much sense. And, um, and when somebody talks to me about complaining, like, oh, I have this going on. I'm not sleeping well. And I'm like, well, your crown's closed. And it means you're not even plugged into your life purpose. So what's going on there? (laughs) And so I like, they'll give me a symptom. I'll be, and I have this whole host of questions like, oh, you must be you must be having a little back pain. Are you worried about your relationship? Or are you like, are you worried about your career? Or so it's very interesting how our bodies map our emotional issues and how our emotional issues then in turn affect our bodies. But super interesting. Yeah. Yep.
1: Sweet. Should we get into the CP questions? Sure. We can ch- get as many as we can. <laughs> I want to go up to this one real quick. Sorry. So th- there there was one specific question. I don't, I don't think uh, we'll dive down too deep. But uh, what advice would you have for individuals who are looking for uh, better understanding or comfort or guidance from the divine in their own lives? Or just kind of to summarize that, just how do how do people apply what you do into their own lives without coming to see you. Oh, not that that's not a good idea.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, so you're really asking like how do you how do you become more in tune with yourself? Maybe I think that's what you're asking. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um you know I'd say sit your butt on a cushion and start meditating. Yeah. Or you take walks and you really just think about, you know, y- you think about what's going on in your mind and your heart. Um Asking the deeper questions like what is this about? What is my purpose? What what am I here to do? Um, how can I serve? Um, and We're in this day and age. We are so distracted from our own feeling our own body and our own self and our own knowing there's just so much going on around us And we're so busy and there's so much to draw our attention that we're just not present with who we are and 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 what we're even feeling in any given situation. And, and when we're not present with that, there's no way we're going to be able to look at it and then deal with it. So that's how all kinds of emotions get stuck in our body because we're like, I'm not going to, I can't, I've, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to heal. I'm too busy to take care of myself. So I would tell people, you know, you sit in stillness for five to ten minutes a day and you'll start to learn a whole lot about yourself. And I promise you, if you meditate for twenty one days straight and becomes a habit, and you'll miss it when you don't, and you will start getting guidance um, i When I say guidance, it's like these epiphanies that come in through meditation, where it's this it's your higher self talking to you, and it's your higher self saying, "Hey, we came here to do something, so let's get on it. <laughs> and this is how you feel good. This is how you take care of your spirit and your body. This is how you form relationships that are meaningful. Like, you get all of that when you, when you find that place of stillness. So I would say, one, you start to meditate, and that can look a lot of different ways. Some people go running. Some people go walking. Some people go hiking. Some people sit on a cushion. I prefer to sit on a cushion and sit still. Um but it can look a lot of different ways. Two, I would say you start journaling and you write to yourself about what you're feeling, Um, because if you do not deal with your feelings, they stay with you until they do, and then they get embedded in your physical tissues, and it's a whole lot harder to heal you when it's at that point, because they're stuck with you for um, a lot longer. And then um, three, I would say you, well, when you're journaling, you really get in touch with Why am I feeling the way that I am? Why am I thinking about this so much? What is the root of this? And I always tell people, ask yourself the question, why is this here? Well because of this. Okay, well why because of that? And then you keep going until there's nothing else to write about. And there's a lot of nuggets of wisdom that come up. Um, uh, Many times it's stuff you haven't thought about before or you haven't thought about in a really long time but if it comes up it means it's in your body, your energy body waiting for you to let it go. And then three, it's okay to feel your feelings, right? <laughs> it's okay to take time to be human and feel your feelings. That's why we came here. Um, as humans, we have the full spectrum of feelings, from you know the deepest despair to the huge, hugest, biggest, most magnificent, magnificent euphoria. So, uh, let's not be robots about <laughs> it, right? Like let's do this. And so, um, feeling feelings is how you understand what drives you to do what you want to do or what's going to fill your heart and soul, Um, how you find your purpose, how you find your people, right? So how you find your happiness and sadness too. Sure. Because you wouldn't know that without, you know, you wouldn't know happiness without sadness. So Mm -hmm. I hope that answered your question. No, that's a great (laughs) answer.
1: And that actually answered one of the the questions we had down there. Oh, good. Uh, What's something that you believe that others may not?
2: Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> um, Insert most
1: of the episode <laughs> into
2: oh that question. Jeez. Um, well, so this is, I mean, my life, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> um, something I believe that other people may not. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that we, we carry the wounds of. Those people that came before us, right? Um, and this is just one of many things that can seem quite esoteric. But as you start to work with it in the energetic field, it's it's pretty obvious that this is what's happening. Um, our family line, you know, they're humans too, right? With experiences that are both painful and beautiful. And um, genetically, those emotions can get programmed into the DNA and passed down to us. Um, so I'm a firm believer that what we experience in our lives in some way, shape or form is very heavily influenced by what our parents went through and what their parents went through and so on and so forth. And so anything that wasn't healed um, for them is something that we then get to discover in ourselves and confront and, and finally close out that circle or that cycle. And I've seen it in so many clients, right? Like um, burdens that they carry energetically that belong to someone in their family, like four four times removed. Um, but it was still significant for them too. And science, believe it or not, has been able to um, uh, track this with Holocaust survivors, women who were pregnant during the Holocaust in um, concentration camps. Many of their children um, had have had documented um, anxiety disorder, mental illness, um, things that are very emotional in nature and um, cognitive in nature, and what they. What they feel is happening is epigenetically, all the stress that the mother went through and the emotional trauma was, de- like, genetically programmed into the DNA. And then now the, f- the child has that to deal with, mm. right? So a lot of that could be stress hormones and chemical, um, you know, combinations, but, you know, it's the emotions that set it off, right? So, um That's very interesting. Yeah, it is Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Super. Yeah, so epigenetics, I think, could go a long way in helping us figure out what energy actually does even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: They've done some studies with um, tracking the epigenetics, not even just with the the previous generation, but like the the grandparents' generation and the effects of the Well, what they've been
2: exposed to, yeah, chemically and then even emotionally, like what... What happens? It's just, I mean, literally you can blow, well, not literally, figuratively, you can blow your mind, right? Reading about this. And then um, it's so fun to get into a circle of intuitives and start talking about this because we just dive in. (laughs) I'd love to be a fly in the wall. Yeah, right? And (laughs) well, because all of us are seeing things from our intuitive perspective and it happens in our awareness, right? So not always our physical eyes, but um, such wild experiences. But when you have one and you're like, wow, WTF, what happened there? And you're just taking notes and then you go talk with your intuitive friends and they're like, oh yeah, that happened to me last week with a client. I'm like, oh my God, so this is a thing, right? Like, <laughs> so you're comparing notes and you're learning along the way, but it's like, oh, that's what it looks like then energetically. It's so rad mm. because it's so rad. That's cool. Yeah.
1: You got questions, Joel? I'll go ahead and pass, pass uh, book recommendations along. What is the most influential purchase that you would recommend for people what? for under $100?
2: I, really? Like, I don't even know how... I don't know that... I don't and it
1: doesn't even have to be related to energy work. Oh, it can just be, be just random? like, uh, <laughs> you know, like the sweet toaster at Target or something. Really? <laughs> is
2: that helpful? Oh, so this is... I don't know. Okay, so the most influential purchase under $100 oh god i mean practically like for energy speaking i would say it's my meditation cushion
0: okay i was wondering if you were yeah. going to go there with or that like yeah that seemed to make sense
2: i do work with certain decks that um you know people who are into energy sometimes they'll be using tarot decks or oracle decks and tarot has a connotation that it's negative or um but it's really not it's just a tool that you would use to access your intuition so um I use those quite often to set the theme of the day or to, you know, pay attention to things that I need to pay attention to. It's one way that the universe can just knock on my door and be like, Hey, by the way, you <laughs> got to pay attention to this. Cause I know you're not listening. Right. So, um, that helps. Um, but like, Hmm, I don't know. Something else random. I don't know. Under a hundred dollars.
1: That's a good recommendation. Yeah. Okay. Meditation cushion.
2: Cause but, I mean, I was trying to think about that question. <laughs> last night. I'm like, God, I don't even know. But, yes, meditation cushions.
1: Sounds good. Do the complicated, simple one? Sure. The yeah, complicated, before. simple one? So, yeah, in, in your area of expertise, how would you make what you do that is complicated, how would you make that simple?
2: Um, for people to understand, you mean? That works. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what i tell clients if they've never had energy work done um i show them the magic Mm -hmm. trick that they showed you um i show them how well at first i explain energy in terms of physics right um that really we know quantumly we are just particles of energy that vibrate at uh, a similar frequency and that's what actually makes us look solid and um And this is established, right? This is what's taught in physics and quantum physics when you're learning it. So then if, in fact, we are just particles of energy that vibrate, then everything that is around us and that we interact with and that we do and think and feel, that's energy as well. And we know that energy can't be created or destroyed. So what we have is what we got, right? And it just transforms. So I talk about energy that way. I show them how powerful your thoughts are and how energy can come out of the hand. So I do this little magic trick right, with a pendulum, which is just a tool, a stone hanging from a a chain. And it swings in a certain direction um, to show how energy is swirling. Um, So I show them how that works. And then I cut off the flow of energy with my thoughts. And my intention, intention is very powerful. And then people see that and they're like, whoa, because the pendulum's not swinging anymore. And then um, and then I get it going again, um, tell my energy to start moving again. And then the pendulum will swing again, right? So it's like a magic trick, but it's not. It's physics, right? <laughs> it's like, it's your energy moving. It's your intention is energy too. So um, I explain how energy moves in that way with that visual and that seems to be really powerful for people and then when I talk about it I talk about it as you know we have energy it can get heavy depending on what we're going through If we're really sad or we've had trauma or you know we've been around a lot of negative people we pick up that stuff into our own body and then energy work with Reiki or any other modality just gives you that oil change right? fills you up with all the good stuff and how I see it is like rivers of light that move through people's bodies. So, and most of the time when I'm working on people, they feel it moving. So that's really powerful too. I hope this is simple. Is that (laughs) simple? (laughs) I think
1: from coming from where, how complicated things get, I think that, that simplifies it. Yeah, I do agree.
2: Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just lovely work. Right. And, um, once you once you dive into it, it changes your whole perspective on how life works, and you believe in magic again. Which is, magic is just energy too, right? So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah, it's good stuff. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you, Shannon, for taking the time to, to chat with us. <laughs> we'll <laughs> definitely have pleasure. to do a round too. I, I, I think so, so too. Be awesome. There's yeah,
2: it's so good for everybody, right? And I know you guys have athletes and people who are into fitness that listen to this podcast obviously and so it's it's really good for so much stuff
1: i can attest to that personally yeah, experiencing it. had a few sessions. it's hard to hard to explain even <laughs> i think uh, it to blew people your like mind though it, it did <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty cool <laughs> so it's all good
2: yeah i made a believer out of you, <laughs> there so you go. for sure yeah it's well cool. this is my pleasure this is so much fun all right
1: thank you yeah. awesome <laughs> Thank you for checking out this episode of clinically pressed, go to clinicallypressed.com for full show notes and links to everything that was covered in this episode. While you're there, you have access to all of our episodes, insights and shorts. You can find clinically pressed on YouTube and any podcast outlet. If you could give us a rating thumbs up or review on how we are doing, we would greatly appreciate it. To get more free content delivered to your inbox, sign up for the total athletic therapy newsletter. You'll get direct links to all new clinically pressed episodes, reviews on some of the latest research in health and performance, and links to related podcasts and other items meant to help you make the complicated, simple, and optimize performance. Thank you for listening and see you next episode.